Welcome back. This is Sam. And this is Corrine, and we are two Onk Docs. This week's episode, we are going to be updating our segment on metastatic non-small cell lung cancer. We're going to go into all the important details on this quickly growing and changing systemic therapy landscape, including our options for traditional chemotherapy, immunotherapy, as well as targeted therapy agents. Huge shout out again to my colleague, Dr. Barthi Muthasami, for reviewing this week's episode's content to make sure that we are the most up-to-date for 2023. Absolutely. Thanks again. And so let's start at the very beginning. What are our chemotherapy options? So this is going to our backbones. And so historically, when compared to best supportive care, chemotherapy prolongs survival even in the elderly and those with an ECOG performance status of two in the setting of metastatic non-small cell lung cancer. We utilize platinum doublets. This is our standard. And we can think about cisplatin or carboplatin. And we can combine carboplatin plus pemetrexid being our favorite combo for non-squamous cell. And for squamous cell, we can think about cisplatin or carboplatin plus gemcitabine or carbo plus taxane. In the second and subsequent line setting, chemotherapies that we think about utilizing is pemetrexid if it wasn't used already, docetaxel or docetaxel plus ramucirumab. In the pre-immunotherapy era, which can still be tested on in boards, you can utilize the addition of bevacizumab, which is an anti-VEGF inhibitor, to chemotherapy or do pemetrexid maintenance for adenocarcinoma. And in the setting of squamous cell, you can add nesetimab, an anti-EGFR inhibitor to chemotherapy backbone. Hopefully they won't be testing in the pre-immunotherapy era anymore because this is the standard um, if there's no targetable mutations. Speaking of, what do we test for now in stage four non-small cell lung cancer to guide therapy options? So for a non-squamous cell, we need to think about targetable mutations, which can include EGFR, ALK, ROS1, BRAF, B600E, MET, RET, NTRAC, KRAS, G12C, HER2, and the PDL1 status. For squamous cell carcinomas, you want to know the PDL1 status. Yes, definitely important to remember, and this comes up on internal medicine boards as well. And so what are the details of the targetable mutations? So we want to use targeted medications over chemotherapy in the first-line setting if any of these mutations are identified. The only exceptions are if you find a KRAS G12C or HER2, which you target in the second or subsequent line setting, you use chemoimmunotherapy first. To start us off, we'll talk about EGFR mutations. They can be an exon 19, L858R, or T790M. First-line therapy is with osimertinib, and this was approved for t 790 M, and this is based on the FLORA trial, which was published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2018. Other EGFR targeting drugs can include jafitinib, erlotinib, decometinib, ifatinib, which is approved for mutations in S7681I, L861Q, and G719X. If progression is seen on first-line osimertinib, you need to look for resistance mutations, such as C797S, met amplification, or transformation to small cell lung cancer. Toxicities for these drugs can include diarrhea, rash, interstitial lung disease, and prolonged QTC. The treatment of 
PDL1 or PD1 blockade is associated with increased EGFR TKI induced interstitial pneumonitis. So you need to be aware of this if it was given prior or concurrent with these treatments. Yes, this is super important because we always wait if someone needs urgent treatment to give immunotherapy until we have the whole mutation panel back in terms of knowing if there is GFR, then you're not going to give immunotherapy with that doublet chemo upfront while you're waiting for the results. So definitely know that clinically. And so you covered some of the EGFR mutations and deletions, but what about exon 20 insertion mutations? So exon 20 insertion mutations are different. Historically, these do not respond to the above mentioned TKIs. And now we utilize amivantinib, which is in the second line after traditional systemic chemotherapy. And this is based on a new trial. And this drug is a bispecific antibody targeting both EGFR and MET. Yes. So you don't just need to know EGFR. You really have to look at what mutations or insertions are there in terms of knowing what the best treatment is. And so next, what about ALK rearrangement? For ALK fusions to EML4, this is the most common rearrangement that you will find. In the first-line setting, we utilize electinib or brigatinib, which have good CNS penetration, over crizotinib or seritinib. In the second-line setting, we typically utilize lorilatinib, which can technically be used in the first-line setting, but we usually save it for subsequent because of its side effects. Those notable side effects include hyperlipidemia, which rumor has it has been tested on the boards, cognitive, mental fogginess, and mood changes. Other toxicities with ALK inhibitors can include bradycardia and pneumonitis. Yes, definitely commit all these toxicities to memory because those are highly testable. And so next, what about ROS1 rearrangements as well as other less common mutations? For ROS1 fusions, we think about crizotinib and trectinib, repatrectinib, which has good CNS penetration. The toxicities we think about, you know this one, Kareen, the crizotinib having crazy eyes, which means visual disturbances, as well as LFT derangements and low testosterone. If you find a BRAF V600E mutation, think of our common melanoma combinations like dabrafenib plus trametinib or encarafenib plus benimetinib. The toxicity of these you need to be aware of is pyrexia and rash. For RET fusions, we utilize selpercatinib and presetinib. For MET exon 14 splice, we use capmatinib and tapotinib. The toxicities of these can be peripheral edema. If you find that N-track fusion, like you can in any of these solid tumors, you use lorelectinib or entrectinib. And if you find KRAS G12C, remember you start with chemoimmunotherapy in the first line setting, but in the second or subsequent line setting, you can target it with sotorac and adagrasib. If you find HER2 mutations or amplifications, again, start with that chemoimmunotherapy in the first-line setting, but you can target that HER2 with trastuzumab, drux tecan in the second or subsequent-line setting. Definitely. And so if there are no targetable mutations, what is the standard first-line treatment for metastatic non-small cell lung cancer? This is when we start thinking about immunotherapy. So in the first-line setting, we can think about using pembrolizumab alone um, if the PDL1 is greater than 1% or combine it with chemo for any PDL1 score. In the real world, we use monotherapy if the PDL1 is greater than 50%. This is based on Keynote 024 trial. And you can consider triplet therapy with chemo if there's a high tumor burden or symptomatic disease. That triplet combination is carbopaclitaxel pembrolizumab for squamous 
squamous cell, and carbapemetrexid pembrolizumab for non-squamous cell. We think about using nivolumab, and we combine it with ipilimumab if the pdl one is greater than 1%, and we combine it with chemotherapy plus ipi for any pdl one score. We also can think about using a tezolizumab monotherapy if the PDL1 is greater than 50%, or combining it with carbopaclitaxel BEV for non squamous cell carcinoma and any PDL1. We can combine it with carbonabpaclitaxel for non squamous cell carcinoma and any PDL1 as well. And so, what's the summary of immunotherapy in the first line setting? I think the basic summary is the PDL1. If it's greater than 50%, you can use any of these immunotherapies by themselves. But if the PDL1 is between 1 to 49%, use chemo plus IO. Or if it's less than 1%, you can still use chemo plus IO. Definitely. And so what about in the second line setting? What are the, what are the treatment options? Thinking about the immunotherapy options, we can utilize nivolumab and atezolizumab, which are approved regardless of the PDL1 status if they weren't used in the frontline setting. Or pembrolizumab is approved for if the PDL1 is greater than 1%. Chemotherapy that we think about again, that docetaxel plus ramucirumab, docetaxel by itself, gemcitabine, or pemetrexid. Absolutely. And so that was a great summary. Sam, what are our key takeaways? Our key takeaways is that chemotherapy backbones are those platinum doublets. We got to be aware of them. We need to be checking for actionable mutations and that PDL1 status, in particular for non squamous cell, non small cell. Mar- non-small cell lung cancer. Use targeted agents in the first line setting for EGFR, except for those exon 20 insertions. ALK, ROS1, RET, MET, exon 14, skipping BRAF V600E, and NTRAC mutations. If no actionable mutations, consider immunotherapy alone if the PDL1 is greater than 50%, or combine it with chemo if it's the PDL1s between 1% to 50%. For all comers, we can think about ipinevo plus chemo. For adenocarcinoma, we can do that carbopem-pem or carbopaclitaxel atezobev. And for squamous cell, we can use carbopaclitaxel or nabpaclitaxel plus pembrolizumab. Absolutely. And so- <laughs> what a, that was what a, a mouthful. <laughs> uh, so as always, thank you for listening. And please feel free to reach out to us with corrections or comments on our Instagram or Twitter to.onc.docs.